fucked up, man. That's that's a huge, huge accomplishment, man. So here we go, Steelers. Here we go. That was something that, man, it really seemed like if not when. Right. Right. I mean, we've been talking about it since March. Yeah. Uh, and it was just kind of like, all right, what's going on here? What's going on? What's the deal? Good to see that handled before uh, before Sunday, before the start of the regular season. And I love to did you see the picture that Joe posted when oh, he announced it. Did you see the visor? And the visor. Yes. It was him <laughs> intercepting Tom Brady. A nice Absolutely. little nice little nod to what's ahead. Uh, so it was originally reported yesterday, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, two-year deal, two-year extension, $22 million, $16.8 million of that signing bonus. And now it's been reported that it's actually a three-year deal. Yeah, because they with, carry over the money from this year. From this year. Yeah. So for three more seasons, including this season, yep. Joe Hayden will be a Pittsburgh Steeler. Absolutely, which is huge, man. So that locks him up through 2022, right, if my math is correct? This year and then two more years? Yes, correct. Yeah. Yeah, and then um, I think it was just one of those things like Kevin Colbert said, um, I think it was a week ago, he was just talking about how when both sides want to get something done, when both sides have a common goal, typically these deals get done. Mm-hmm. And I think for Joe, he knows that he doesn't want to go anywhere else. He He's fell in love with the place like so many of us do that come from other organizations. You know, so just having him be here now – and having that weight off his shoulder of, okay, the contract is done. Now he could just focus on balling. Now he could just focus on being his best self and ultimately helping the Steelers win a championship this year. For sure. And you know that's what he's got on his mind. Joe Hayden not going anywhere for a while. And as you said it, yeah, it's big. It's the only guy so far that has been pro bowl pedigree in yeah. that secondary. Uh, and now another year, another uh, – late August, early September, right? Another close to the start of the regular season (laughs) contract extension for the Steelers. Last year, Vince Williams and Chris Boswell Mm -hmm. around this same time, two at the year before that, DeCastro the year before that, Cam Hayward the year before that. Well, you know what they say is something about when it's close to a deadline, the deals seem to get worked out. I don't know if that's just in general. Don't don't tell that to the Cowboys right now. Well, I'll even say this because I know from my personal experiences with negotiations here in Pittsburgh – we literally had all offseason to sign an extension, and we get the deal done the day before I'm supposed to hit the market. Like, I, it's something about when it's that the the dying hour, and it's like, oh, man, all right, it's, it's the put-up or shut-up time. They get the deal done. So, man, shout-out to the Steelers' front office for taking care of one of their – well, I guess now he's one of their own, uh, adopted into the mm-hmm. family. I was, mm-hmm. you know, I was adopted. Joe's adopted. That's the beauty of it, baby. So – Officially getting Joe done, man. That's that's a big, big move going forward. You're right. There is something to that, getting things done right before the deadline and how that works. Yeah, so, it's like you feel the pressure of it. Like, all right, both sides, we got to make it week happen. in April rolls around and everyone's trying to cram in their yeah. appointments at H&R Block <laughs> to get their taxes done. Right. It's you know, something you, about that. Your teacher gives you an assignment that's due three weeks from now, and suddenly it's three hours before it's due, and, and everyone's in the library trying to get on listen, the computer at the same time. Trying to get your best work done. Now, I don't know what it is about that. I don't know if that's just the human nature element of it i think but it is. man that, that's from personal experiences i can definitely relate to that 100 it's funny how those things work out sometimes hey man as long as it gets done that's all that matters 412-919-1316 on twitter at wesley euler at the body 52 the body all right you so you know the radio guy in me right absolutely when i'm driving down here when i when the joe hayden news gets announced and, and last night and today and i'm driving down here and I'm fixing your hair fixing my hair yeah. it's coming back we're okay, getting there yeah, I'm not liking. quite but it's getting there um i'm thinking right okay here's the deal here's the contract he's here this is what it means da, 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 da. we kind of went all through that 
And then, you know, the radio guy in me is like, <laughs> all right, but what else does this mean, right? Because there's, <laughs> there's a ripple effect to every decision, well, particularly is. money decisions that get made in professional talk sports. It. Talk about it. So I want to talk with you about the ripple here with Joe Hayden, particularly as it relates to the defense. Uh-huh. Two names in particular. Yeah, I know where you're going. Go for it. And I think Bud's not going to be one of them. And I know we've uh-huh. discussed this with Bud, so he's not going to be one of them. Uh-huh. Uh, the first thing that I'm thinking is that Artie Burns is probably not going to be a Pittsburgh Steeler next year. Similar to the conversation that we've had with Bud, mm-hmm. that either he's going to have such a good year, he's going to play himself out of your price range. Right. Or he's going to disappoint a little bit and you're going to let him walk. Uh-huh. I think this solidifies that either one of those things happen, and we hope it's Artie Burns plays so well and some team comes and offers him some you know, some Jesse James-type money right. that the Steelers aren't going to match. That's what we're hoping for. Uh-huh. But I'm thinking now it's it's pretty good chance that Artie Burns won't be back in Pittsburgh next year. That's the radio guy in you. Ooh. For me, I'm always the optimist. Well, hold on. You're a radio guy now, too. Well, I guess I am. So I guess I should just hop on the bandwagon <laughs> with you. No, that's why you got a good thing going on here. Yeah, but um, I still think it's a way that we could see one of those two. I, I feel like it's more likely of an Artie Burns just because the corner position, they pay well, but not like they pay pass rushers. Right. And if Bud goes out there and does what I think he's going to do and what a lot of people think he's going to do, that prices him all the way out, unless you decide to tag somebody. And that's the other option. But with Artie, I still think just because you're going in, you know his role is not going to be as defined as Bud's is right now. With Artie, you know Steven Nelson is starting. You know Joe is starting. Artie's looking at being the third guy, the first guy off the bench or whatever. And you know that third role is probably Cam Sutton's right, right now. Right, too. So, so I don't think even him having a really good year, I think he still wouldn't price himself out totally. Now, this is barring injuries from somebody, and he takes on a a massive role. But barring that from happening, I still think he could go in there, play really well for himself, and then still get a nice contract here in Pittsburgh. Whereas with Bud, it's set up for Bud to go and do double digits, and we know what they pay double-digit pass rushers in this league in A particular. lot of money. Yeah. So that's kind of where I think I can see that going. And – when you look at some of the other contracts that are on the the Steelers right now, some of the guys who are making a good amount of money, you really have to question, okay, are these guys going to be here going forward? I mean, it's a couple of guys, like I said, in the linebacker room that have nice size contracts that you might see restructures or movement with those positions. Um, I think those are the type of things that if you really look in depth into that some of that movement could free us some extra money for a deal for Artie. If he performs on that type of level. Or, speaking of pass rushers, what about a guy like Javon Hargrave? Now, see, when we talked about Joe getting the extension, I thought that the direct correlation is that Hargrave will be gone. Mm -hmm. Just because he's played at extremely high level and it's pretty evident from both sides that they're not going to get that deal done before the start of the season. Right. So now you're looking at him putting together another – we're anticipating him putting together another top-tier performance. And he's going to essentially price himself totally out of the Steelers market because when you look at the other guys that they would potentially be having to negotiate with, it's just not going to work out for him in that regard. I mean, it's a good problem to have, though, regardless. You know, you want to have talented players that warrant big contracts because that means that they're playing at an extremely high level. And Hargrave, I feel like he's done that since he's got here. So for him... He understands that essentially he's betting on himself on this one year 
But just like so many of these other one-year guys who are essentially going to have to prove it to get the deal that they really want, I think he's still going to step up to it and, and answer that call. Six and a half sacks last year. If he gets close to that number again this year, yeah, he will be. Absolutely. He'll be yeah. a hot commodity. <laughs> he'll still be only be 26 years old yeah. when, the, when the season's over. And like you said, it certainly there are worse problems to have. Yes. In the National Football League where you feel you're drafting and you're developing so well that you uh, guys are pricing themselves out right. of your range. That's fine. We, we saw it happen with Mike Wallace. Yeah, absolutely. We saw it happen with Emmanuel Sanders. Yeah. Uh, we, we've seen it happen in a lot of different situations. We've seen it happen with some linebackers as well, too. Mm-hmm. If Hargrave and Burns and Bud go out mm-hmm. there and have such good years that they just become cap casualties for the Steelers, again, that's not, I'm not saying it's a good thing, but of all the problems you could have, it's... Right, it could be way worse. It could be way worse, <laughs> yeah. You could have gaping holes that you're just trying to right. fill any, find any bodies to get in there. 412-919-1316 at Wesley Euler at the body 52 the body rolling along here mozi two hours back in our two hour our normal time slot here going forward yeah, if you wanted the free bonus hour man that was last week you missed out you did but <laughs> wait a minute should say you can still listen to those bonus hour wow shows. talk to them how can they listen gotta to make, us gotta make sure we get this in how can they listen to us we now? got a podcast feed. We, we do we do wow so anywhere you find your podcast, okay, uh, Apple Music, iTunes, Spotify, iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, yeah. uh, Sonos, anywhere you find your podcast, anywhere. you type in Steelers Blitz, Ooh. and you will find Wesley Euler soon. <laughs> soon, there might have been some, you know, there might have been a couple of discrepancies, but you'll find us. You'll find Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes, <sighs> Steelers Blitz. That's all you got to do. Go on again. iTunes, Spotify, yeah. iHeart, wherever you find your podcast, uh, uh, you can find them on the Steelers website as Absolutely. well too. There's links there too. Yeah. Uh, go on there. You can download the podcast if you can't listen live. If you missed a show, whatever you want to do, all the three hour shows are on there from mm-hmm. last week. Rocking and rolling with a podcast. Hey man, we're big time now. Five star reviews. Only five stars. Or one star. No, we didn't even talk about the other one. But that's what I mean. Don't come in here and give us a four-star review. Nah. All right? You either think we're fantastic or you hate us. It's one or the other. They love us or they hate us. It's absolutes. Or they think we're okay. It's absolutes in the radio business, all right? We yes, always talk about right. in sports, it's either black or white. It's either Manusha. he was good or he wasn't. No, no, no. In the radio business, no. with the podcast game, it's either you love us or you hate us. Right. It's like Twitter. And you better leave a review. Five-star or one-star. Only positive reviews, too. I'm going to go check them. That makes me think of uh, the old, you know, Mitch Hedberg, the old stand-up comedian, you know what I'm talking about? He was a stand-up comedian from, like, the 90s and the early 2000s. Like, long hair, real slow, deadpan delivery. (laughs) He used to say, I'd go see this band called Monster Magnet. Everybody either loved them or they hated them. It's like that. Or they thought they were okay. (laughs) (laughs) Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler, Steelers Blitz, The Electric Factory. Everybody loves us or they hate us. Period. Or they think we're okay. <laughs> but you can find us now in podcast form officially wherever you find your podcasts. Yes, indeed. Some pretty exciting news we had over the weekend. Uh, Mr. Motes, we also got the 53-man roster over the weekend. Yes. We got a practice squad finalized now. Ten players plus an international guy. Yeah. Eleven guys on the practice squad. Uh, we know who the number two quarterback's going to be. We even had a trade with the Steelers as well. We had a trade. We have uh, reports that the Steelers have tried to make a waiver claim for yeah. a certain guy. A, a whole bunch of stuff that we have to get into here over the next hour and 45 minutes or so. It's Monday. 
It is a Monday. So that can only mean one thing. Uh-oh. D- does the professor have class today? Class is in session. It might be wow. Labor Day. You know, all the students might be off today. Well, but well, you know, Professor hey, Motes is in the classroom. Hey, Professor Motes never takes a day off. It is a What's pro- a holiday? It's a Professor Motes Monday. And you know what, Kellen? Professor Motes, uh, I know normally, you know, he teaches film and he teaches the theory of football. But uh, today, Professor Motes is also going to have to teach music class <laughs> before we get out of here. And he's going to have to sing us a little West Virginia-related song. Oh, wow. So, uh, so we got a whole bunch for you here on this Monday. Jeez. 412-919-1316 on Twitter. At Wesley Euler. At Dabody52. Dabody. Talking 53-man roster and the practice squad. When we return, it's Euler and Motes. It's Steelers Blitz. It's the Electric Factory. And it's on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. It was all happening for your Pittsburgh Steelers over the last, oh, what, 48, 72 hours or so. Yeah. We got a roster. 90 were cut down to 53 plus a practice squad. Joe Hayden had that contract extended finally. We've been waiting for that all offseason. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we got some captains announced this morning, Motsi. The captain? Uh, similar cast of characters. Three of the same captains that the Steelers have had now for the last, what, two two or three years three in a years, row? yeah. Ben Roethlisberger and Marquise Pouncey, your mm-hmm. offensive captains. Cam Hayward, your defensive captain. And Rosie Nix. Hey. First time in his career, captain. He will be serve as the special teams captain. So those are your four. Mr. Faux Five. Captains for the 2019 edition of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Again, quarterback Ben Roethlisberger, center Marquise Pouncey, defensive end Cam Hayward, and Rosie Nix, fullback slash special teams. Those are the four, and uh, it's all happening. Steelers 5K was this morning down on the North Shore. A bunch of stuff going on in Steeler land. It's a good time to be a Steeler fan, and where else would you rather be than inside the electric factory? Talk about it, baby. Come on, man. This is the perfect time of year. It's time. It's actually game week. I'm so excited. And we got a roster. Finally. 53 of them, plus, like I said, an 11-man practice squad, 10 players, plus an international. That should give away one of those guys who's on the practice squad. But let's start with the 53. All right, let's do it, baby. And biggest thing that stuck out to you, Arthur Motes, about the final 53-man roster. Well, it's hard for me to just say one thing. I had a couple of things. Uh, I think initially... The amount of linebackers that was kept, mm-hmm. uh, 10 of them total. I think that stood out a lot. Then on the contrary to that, the amount of receivers that were kept, being only five, you know, hey. So that was a surprise to me as well, man. I think those two stuck out the most. Also in the running back room, um, Benny Snell over uh, Trey Edmonds. Mm-hmm. I think that really stuck out to me. And uh, I think those were the big, big three. It was some other, like, minor things. Obviously, the uh, Jordan Dangerfield over Marcus Allen. That wasn't a personal surprise to me, but I think Summer Steeler Nation might have been surprised by that. And then, obviously, Dobbs being the third quarterback versus uh, Devlin Hodges that a lot of people were high on as well. So those are my initial thoughts on it. What about you, man? I like a lot of those thoughts. Uh, The linebacker room is going to be crowded, but that's okay. There's a lot of talent there. Uh, I was a little surprised that they only kept five wide receivers, Um, particularly when you consider I – Granted, thought he man had an outstanding showing on Thursday night, and it's certainly I had him on my final fifty-three. 
But I'm surprised, honestly, I think that Johnny Holton made it when you see how the rest of the roster shook out Correct. around him. Again, I'm not saying I think he deserves to be there. I like that decision. But it was surprising to me to see happen still. Uh, and then, but yeah, if you're going to ask me one thing that surprised me the most, uh, I thought Trey Edmonds was going to make the roster. Now, he's on the practice right. squad. So there's but, still potential in there. But I thought Trey Edmonds would be the number three running back when the Steelers kicked off Sunday night in Foxborough. Yeah, I agree. But I think... What we saw between Benny Snell and Trey Edmonds in the decision-making process from the front office is this. Benny has the higher ceiling. You know, he he has the potential to, if he drops weight, to probably be something special in this league. Whereas Trey, Trey can help you right now. Trey could come in, <clears throat> play on special teams, give you something in the running game, third down potentially. But his overall ceiling, I don't think, is as high as Benny Snell's. And I think that that's why they went Benny Snell over Trey. Mm -hmm. And then to add to that thought process is this. Trey, you could put on practice squad right now. And teams aren't going to be as likely to take him. Whereas if you put Benny Snell on practice squad, just because of the success that he had in the collegiate ranks. The pedigree. Right. I think teams would take a flyer on him. The potential. Uh-oh, there's that word again. Well, you know, that's Kellen's favorite word. <laughs> so I think that element of it is what really made that decision go even more so because, like I said, I think if Benny drops 10 pounds, man, he comes back a totally different player. And I think we're all going to witness that next offseason, similar to what we saw with James Washington, similar to what we saw with Le'Veon Bell. I just don't think that Trey has the same potential in terms of Trey's best self versus Benny's best self. Right. Benny's best self could be a pro bowler one exactly. day. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that's what you're looking at right now when you're making this decision because it's not like you need either of them to be the starters right now. You don't even need them to be the second back right now. So you have some time with that. I like, what, I like how you mentioned that there because you know what this really told me too? In the selection of Benny Snell, or, or the keeping of Benny Snell, I mm -hmm. should say, as the third running back and the sending of Trey Edmonds to, right. to the practice squad, is that they have a lot of faith in Jalen Samuels. A ton. Of uh, faith. You, you think Absolutely. I'm correct in saying that, right? I'm not like, Absolutely. I'm not reaching for straws there. Yeah. Like when I saw Benny Snell as the number three running back, one of the first things I thought was, well, man, they really believe in Jalen. Yeah, because honestly, when I saw that they were going to make Benny the third back, I said, I don't think he gets a helmet. <laughs> that's, that's what Re I mean. They really believe in Jalen. Yeah, I think they're going to. I know earlier in the offseason they talked about running back by committee to save James a little bit. I think that's out the window. I think James gets the lion's share 80% of, yeah, of the touches, and then Jalen is going to come in and get his his third down catches and stuff like that, some uh, schemed up runs for him. But I honestly don't see Benny Snell getting a helmet. And to add to that is the special teams element. Now, granted, we saw him make two tackles in the preseason, which was huge for him. But I still don't know in terms of the pecking order in the in the the the, the lineup on the special teams where he fits in and at what position and who is he gonna take over for. Because when he's playing the uh the personal protector, that's typically gonna gonna be Jordan Dangerfield, who was there the past what two years now. Mm -hmm. So you could put him in the interior somewhere, but most of the interior guys are your linebackers. And if you're carrying ten linebackers right now, I'm assuming some of, a lot of those guys are going to be in there because they're core special teamers anyways. When you think about uh, Tyler Matikadovich, when you're thinking about an Anthony Chicolo, um, 
I'm assuming that Tazar and Ulysses are going to be in that mix as well for the special teams. And you would have to assume that Vince Williams, now that his role is probably going to be decreased on the defensive side, that he's going to see an increase in his special teams element, which he was a top-notch performer. And initially, he got his contract extension, his first extension, right. due to his special teams prowess. So when I'm thinking about all those things, I'm just trying to figure out where exactly does Benny fit in right away to get a helmet. I'm not seeing it right now. Yeah, uh, that'll be interesting to see how that plays out Sunday night. Practice squad, Marcus Allen, Trey Edmonds, Derwin Gray. Derwin Gray. <laughs> there we go. Get it out. Woo! Tevin Jones. Uh-huh. Trayvon Mathis. Now I'm like all worried about mispronouncing one of these names. Uh, our guy, Henry Mondu. I said, that's the hardest thing to pronounce right there. <laughs> Mr. Mondu. Patrick Morris. Uh, the Whippeals own Kevin Rader. There we go. Christian Scotland Williamson from across the pond. And he does not count as the official 10-man practice squad because he's a part of the uh, International Player Initiative. Correct. And so. a, another local favorite, Mr. Robert Spillane. Yes, indeed. So that's your practice squad as well, too. And, man, it's... It's going to be interesting to see how that works out, too, particularly with the tight ends. You've got two tight ends on the practice squad now. If the Steelers do go out and acquire another tight end this week, which there's been reports that they have tried to do, right. namely tried to put a claim in on Cardinals tight end Ricky Seals-Jones, who former teammate of mine, wound up in Cleveland with the Browns. <sighs> I, don't, I still don't understand how that works. Waivers during the offseason. Like, shouldn't it – and you, you're a former player. Tell me right. if I'm wrong here. Like, shouldn't it be these guys are cut, they're free to make their own decision and sign with whoever they want to sign with? Well, typically, yes, but this is how you do it. If the player is invested or if this player has, you know, if he hasn't played in the league a certain amount of years, they haven't technically earned that right. And that's kind of how we always look at it because in the NFL, everything is based on once you get to that fourth season. Once you get to that fourth season, it unlocks so much more for you. And that's pretty much the deal with uh, with Ricky. He's still young. I think this is his third year now. So with that, he still hasn't... Just turned 24. Yeah, so he still hasn't earned that ability to just be released and go and sign wherever he wants to sign at. He's got two years of starting for the Cardinals. Forty mm -hmm. In those two years, 46 receptions, four touchdowns, over 540 receiving yards. Oh, he would have been a, a huge asset and a huge boost for I, that tight end I room. just don't get how the and so I guess it it goes off your record from the previous year yeah, it must that, for for this time of year yeah. yeah that's what I'm assuming because I mean hey everyone's said the Browns have better odds to win the division than the Steelers yeah. everyone's picking the Browns so shouldn't yeah. the Steelers get that guy man I, I, I trust me I wish we I wish it was like that well, the Browns are gonna go to the Super Bowl right that's what everyone's been saying well then shouldn't the Steelers get the claim hey man Undrafted free agent in 2017. So this is only his third year. Right. So he's yeah. still young. So he's mm -hmm. he's still a young pup. One of three players claimed by the Browns. We'll have to see if the Steelers try and make any other moves in the yeah. tight end department. I wanted to ask you this too, Motsi. Is there anybody of so of all the, the guys who've got cut, right? And mm -hmm. I'm not talking to the practice squad guys here too, the guys that are gone. Right. Anybody you want to pour one out for? Anybody that you know, you just you want to want to maybe talk about one more time before we let him go. <sighs> I don't even know yet, man. Because I like how you just I, like I got you, one for you. Oh, let me hear it. Eli Rogers. Mm, okay. And I just I want to take time mm -hmm. to thank Eli for that catch that he made on Christmas Day. Oh, yeah, that was clutch. In 2016, 15, 16, 16, 16. Yeah. 
against the Baltimore Ravens Absolutely. that allowed Antonio Brown set up that next play where yes, the Steelers indeed. scored the touchdown and won that so game. Merry huge. Christmas. Eli, that diving catch on Christmas <laughs> against the Ravens. I will always remember you for that. Thank you. Boom. There you go, man. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> and, and I think, too, uh, a guy we got to talk about is Sutton Smith. Yeah. Um, not for a poor one out for thank you for what you've brought to the Steelers because we hardly knew ye. <laughs> but, man, when you and I were sitting back in Mr. Rooney's backyard in the south side yeah. in, in, uh, in May and mm-hmm. June during OTAs and minicamp, if you would have told us, hey, you know, the end of August, he's going to be cut, uh, we would have laughed and said, you're crazy. Right, not even practice squad. Like, like not even practice yeah. squad. I would have been like, yeah, okay, because there was a lot of buzz around him. He's this jack-of-all-trades kind of guy, yeah. offense, defense, special teams. Your thoughts on uh, moving on from rookie six-rounder Sutton Smith? Man, well, I think it's a couple of things. First off, if you're not in that top three, top four draft range, you aren't guaranteed anything. The next thing is you cannot make the club in the tub. You can't miss all of training camp, miss the first two preseason games, and then expect to make the roster off of two games when you have other guys in that room that are performing at an extremely high level, other guys in that room that have more uh, money invested into them as well. I think all of those things factored into that, and it's unfortunate for him, but hopefully – he uses this as an opportunity to motivate himself, and whenever he does land on his feet somewhere else, that he understands the significance of it. It's a similar story to a guy that I played with here as well, Travis Feeney, uh, six-round draft pick out of the University of Washington, came in, was hurt, missed a ton of time, and we kept telling him, it was like, it's hard to make this roster if you're not out here practicing. It's hard to make this roster if you're not in these games. Yep, it it's is. hard to make an impression if if they're not seeing you, granted you they know make what you the did. Club in the tub, right? And it's like, granted, you you might have had great success collegiately, but it's different at this level. And if you don't prove to them that you can do it, if you don't prove to them that you can stay healthy, if you don't prove to them that you belong out here, they're not going to keep you. Now, granted, Travis ended up coming back to uh, the practice squad for a little while, but even with that. They still released him again, and then uh, he had another opportunity later on. But it's one of those things that you have to be available. And that's just one of the things that Sutton, unfortunately, wasn't able to do this season. Now, going back to that practice squad, though, man, I do think it's still going to be, like you said, a ton of more movement, man. Yeah. That tight end room. who. I think even with Christian, he's fine just because he doesn't count against He's your international them. spot. Right, so he's just a bonus player. You always want the extra body. That's good. But when you look at, was it uh, Kevin Rader, Kevin for Rader. example? Mr. Pine Richland. I feel like if they're able to acquire a tight end that they really like, I think that becomes Zach Gentry's spot. Mm-hmm. And then I think Kevin, right. yeah, Kevin goes. And that's funny you bring that up. We we got to go to break here soon. But I wanted to, the, the next question that I had for you was of this kind of, you know, you got two tight ends on the Ross, on the practice squad roster and Kevin Rader and Christian Scotland Williamson. You got two wide receivers mm-hmm. in Johnny Holton and in Tevin Jones. Yep. Just kind of who's the most likely to contribute, who's the most likely to not last. We'll get into that. When we return, I also we got some phone calls here that I want to get to. We got some good fifty-three man roster discussion, some questions on the line. Harry and Juan, stay where you are. We'll get to you four one two nine one nine thirteen sixteen. Still some open spots on the line. 
We'll get into some more of this 53-man discussion. Uh, Mason Rudolph, officially the number two quarterback as yep. well, too. What that means and for him, for Josh Dobbs. Uh, a lot of stuff happening around the league. Some big trades. Still, ton of movement. Still some notable names that are holding out. We'll get into all of that. And you also know it's a Professor Moats Monday. Uh-oh on the show as well 412-919-1316 also on twitter at wesley euler at the body 52 the body don't go anywhere we're rolling along with more 53 man talk and we will get into your reaction we return it's euler remotes it's steelers blitz it's the electric factory on espn pittsburgh and steelers nation radio This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Reading between the lines here on this 53-man roster, this 11-man practice squad, and I know you've got some things you want to you want to ask me and discuss about this too, but what I asked you there at the end of the break, the end of last segment, shouldn't say the end of the break, the end of last segment before <laughs> the break, of... The four wide receivers and tight ends that are on the roster, Johnny Holton, Tevin Jones, the two wide receivers, Kevin Rader, and Christian Scotland-Williamson, the two tight ends, most likely in your mind to jump up and get a hat this season out of those guys? Because I could throw Trey Edmonds into that discussion, but then I think it'd be a really easy discussion. Right, right. <laughs> so so just keeping it the receivers most, and tight ends. <laughs> most likely to get a helmet for a game, and then most likely to find themselves being replaced as well too if the Steelers do go out and, and make a move and acquire somebody here in the next couple days. Man, so you're asking all the questions. Now you want to know out of this Ooh. out of that group of four that you named. Asking all them questions. Who's gonna get bumped up, who won't get bumped up, and then also who's more likely to get gone. Well, all right, let, let's let's hop into it then, yeah, okay? Come on. Since you want to play this game. Motes. Wow, let me put my uh, <laughs> my reading glasses on. <laughs> I think the easiest in terms of who's more likely to be a casualty on the practice squad from that tight end run would be uh, Kevin Rader. I think kind of like what I hinted on, if they if they able to bring in another guy, I think Zach Gentry essentially bumps down to that practice squad spot. Mm-hmm. You don't really need to touch Christian just because he doesn't count against what you're doing right now. It's like an ne- exception to the rule. Right, and it never hurts to have an additional body, especially – once you make that big cut, because now you're fishing for guys. Right. You need extra help. If somebody's hurt, that you need bodies in right. practice. Absolutely. And, yeah. So that's walkthroughs. So that's huge, man, in terms of him being able to do that without counting against the roster. So I think Kevin Rader definitely becomes the most likely to be gone in the likelihood that moves are made on the practice squad. The next um answer to your question in terms of who I think most likely to get a helmet. Most likely to get a helmet. Uh, it has to start in that receiver room, man. We talk about Johnny um, Johnny Holton. I think that I was a little surprised that he didn't make the initial 53-man roster, especially knowing how the Steelers value special team aspects and how not only does he help you in the return game, but he helps you in coverage. Mm-hmm. He can cover kicks. He had a big tackle in the special teams game in the, uh, the fourth preseason game. The speed element, I still think he has potential as a wide receiver as well. So I can see easily with the Steelers only keeping five wide receivers initially, him potentially getting a helmet, whether it's with all those other guys still being healthy in that room and they bumping him up, mm-hmm. or if one of those guys go down, I still see him being the next man up because of what he brings from a special teams element. You know he's going to get a helmet. And when you're getting ready to prepare for a game, when you're preparing for roster moves, 
you want to think about the guys who are guaranteed to get helmets. Because if you're the coach, if you're the position coach, the receivers coach, you don't want to call up a guy who can bring a little value in the receiver room, but he's not going to give you any special teams value. And now it's highly unlikely that he even gets a helmet. Mm -hmm. So now instead of me having five guys on game day or six receivers on game day, I'm going to here with four guys on game day. That's a game changer. Mm Mm-hmm. So you want to make sure that these guys bring that value. And Danny Smith isn't the type of coach who's going to just put a guy in a helmet just because. You really have to bring value to that room for him to say, yes, this is the guy that I want you to put a helmet on or not. So knowing that Johnny Holton does have that quality, that ability with him, I think it's him. I think we'll see him up sooner rather than later as well. Want to hit the phone lines here in a second, 412-919-1316. But before we do... I know you during the break there were reading between the lines of some of these practice squad spots Absolutely, man. as well, too. <laughs> Absolutely, man. When you just look at the structure of the players. Like the breakdown of position. Yeah. And yeah. So we started off with uh, Marcus Allen. Mm-hmm. So we knew it was coming down to him and Jordan Dangerfield. But essentially, it's if Cameron Kelly, Jordan Dangerfield struggle, injured, whatever, you know you have Marcus Allen to take their spot. When you look at the running back room, it was Benny Snell versus Trey Edmonds for that last spot. Well, now you know if Benny isn't producing or if one of those guys get hurt, Trey's your next guy. He's there to go. Mm-hmm. Um, when we talk about even the offensive lineman with, uh, with Derwin Gray, he's another one. If Zach Banner or um, – because he's played some interior linemen as Fred well. Fred Johnson. So Fred Johnson, yep. if one of those guys are having issues or whatever the case may be, well, now he's there. And that's very – Tomlin-like, because Coach Tomlin is is a big believer in the competition aspect, and he will highlight these guys throughout the season in terms of their development on the practice squad to let a guy that's on active roster know that, hey, you can't just assume that you're going to be here. You can't just assume because you're on the opening day 53 that your spot is solidified for this season. You better be getting better every day because these guys are, and in fact – it's almost a benefit for a Marcus Allen, for a Trey Edmonds, for a Derwin Gray to be on practice squad because they're going to get the better reps. They're going to be going against the starting defense every day. Sure. Or, excuse me, the starting offense, depending on their, their respective positions. But that benefits them a lot in terms of their development, whereas if you're on the active roster but you're the number two guy, well, you're going against not even the – you didn't even get to go against the starting offense. You're going to go against the practice squad offense. And by the time you really get out there, it might not even be the same group. It might be a sub to that practice squad guy. Sure. So the quality of work that you're going to see is just going to be drastically different. And that was something that I would always have to educate younger players on in terms of don't fall into that trap of playing down to these guys. You're on active for a reason. You need to make sure that you – dominate this matchup every day because if you don't then when it's time to make a move you will be the guy that they make the move against and that's what you don't want to happen but I just think about man a, a name that comes to my mind well two names that come to my mind off the top of my head guys who are on practice squad that developed um what's it? oh my goodness I'm drawing a blank on them O-Lyman Cleveland Browns oh Chris Hubbard Chris Hubbard, yep. Chris Hubbard BJ Finney Matt Fowler yeah. all three of those guys I distinctly remember going against them in practice, and earlier on we are just talking about how we're dogging these guys. Like, they, they shouldn't 
put a hand on you. But because they kept going against the starters over and over and over and over, they developed. They got better. And now you see them on these active rosters. You see these guys getting nice contracts now. So when I'm looking at these players that are on the practice squad now, I'm like, I could totally see that happening because they, they're going to have the opportunities now. You know who else started on the practice squad with the Pittsburgh Steelers? Oh, talk James, about it. James Harrison. Wow. You want to know who was a uh, another famous practice squad guy who started on practice squad? Talk about it. Kurt Warner. Wow. Arian Foster. Uh-huh. Uh, Jason Peters, who yeah. could be a Hall of Famer one day. Absolutely. Uh, there's There's been a lot of success. Uh, I'm pretty sure um, Danny Amendola was a practice squad guy for a mm-hmm. while. There have been a... Uh, a ton of guys who have come from the practice squad to go on to have successful NFL careers. Definitely. A lot of a lot of offensive line, a lot of those Munchak millionaires here in Pittsburgh. 412-919-1316 on Twitter at Wesley Euler at the Body52. The Body. Let's hit the phone lines here now. Let's talk to our buddy Juan down in South Carolina. He wants to chime in on this 53 discussion. What up, Juan? Hey, buddies. How y'all doing this morning? We're well, man. Good to hear from you again. Thank you, thank you. I just want to say, give a shout out to my buddy CR and let him know that I might, I might have been me. You saw popping gas when he was riding through the Carolinas. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he was the one making all the noise about the Steelers. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I just want to say that I like the 53. Um, I think we did a good job in, with the options that we have, and um, also. I want to go back to Eli Rogers when Ben, when ben made that comment back after the Super Bowl and he, he picked his switch and said, why can't we do that? Mm-hmm. I already figured out that Eli was going to be the man now because the Ben is the quarterback, so they want to go with Ben said. So I like I like the receivers that we're going with. What do you guys got to say about that? Yeah, no, you're absolutely right, Juan. I think that's something we mentioned a few times, too. It, it seemed like it was always Switzer's job. He had the inside track to the job, particularly with that relationship with Ben. And that Eli kind of had, you know, an uphill battle to make this roster. He, he's dealt with a lot since he's been here in Pittsburgh. We certainly wish him nothing but the best. I, I said, I'll always remember that diving catch he made on Christmas Day against the Ravens to help the Steelers win that game. Uh, but, yeah, if, if there's a guy that the quarterback is is vocally supporting, <laughs> you're going to hold on to that guy almost every single time, particularly, particularly when it's a future Hall of Fame franchise quarterback making those comments. Yeah, I, I agree. Juan, thank you for the call, man. We really appreciate it, as always. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it is. It's something we said. The writing was kind of on the wall for yeah. Eli, uh, particularly when you kind of considered that the, the Steelers had better guys for options on special teams right. as well, too. Absolutely. And, and I do think that Switzer, the, the vote of confidence was the, the end-all, be-all. Yeah. When you get that that stamp of approval from the franchise quarterback, you can't go against but that. But you know what you got now too. Uh-oh. I will say this. What I think I think it should work this way. I now I think expect a little bit more from Ryan Switzer this year. I do as well. Right? Because if you have the quarterback, if if the Hall of Fame, future Hall of Fame franchise, sixteen year vet quarterback mm-hmm. believes in you that much. All right, well, show me something, son. Absolutely. I agree 100%. And I do think he's going to get the opportunities. No doubt. I do think that he's going to get every opportunity to show that he could be the guy, to show that he can be not only effective in this offense, but be one of the key contributors. And I'm excited for it. Um, When you listen to the people, even the former Dallas Cowboy fans, stuff like that, they still spoke highly of him as well. So I think that 
he's going to play a huge role this year when we talk about the Steelers' success. And I think it's going to happen very – it's not going to be something that's a gradual. I think it's going to be right out the gate. 412-919-1316 on the phone lines. We got Harry in Texas here. You know what, Motsi? Uh-oh. We, we got some around the league talk coming up. Oh, we got man. Professor Moats Monday. Here you go. And, you know, you're going to have to do some singing here for this WVU JMU result. I thought it was a holiday. Is it a holiday? Leave me alone. Looks like Harry wants to chime in as well, too, on some suggestions here. What's up, Harry? So what's going on, guys? How you doing? Motsi, never bet on West Virginia against West Virginia. Please. Yeah. Did, did you see that game? Did you see that game? Wesley Euler was sweating bullets. Hey, the whole day. Hey, you apologize. <laughs> yeah, you right. I was sweating that, bullets. It was like 80 degrees nah, out there in nah, the stadium. Nah, nah, It was because of the weather. He was nervous. That he was sounds, biting his fingernails. <laughs> that sounds like the Auburn-Oregon uh, game. Exactly yeah, like that, that yeah. Was a, that was a good game, yeah. Absolutely. No, hey, Harry, I was nervous, all right? you. I don't know yeah. if you listened to the show on Friday, but I gave Moat six and a half points. I wanted like three and a half points. All right. <laughs> oh, my God. You don't do that. <laughs> I, I followed West Virginia all over the years, and you give West Virginia six points. That 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 that's just crazy. <laughs> that's like going out giving Tom Brady a full uh, two touchdown lead. <laughs> Harry, I like it. So what should should Moats sing the fight song? Should he sing Country Roads before we get out of here? What should it be? I say do country roads. Oh, I mean, I wow. that, that, that's pretty. That's all right. Well, the, people, the people have spoken. Oh. What do you, you want country roads? You want the fight song? Yeah, I, I don't want none of it personally. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. Come on, man. A bet's a bet. You're right. I, and I'm a man of my word. I'm a man of the people. I just love the, the difference of the expectations that between the two programs. Y'all over there. I thought, oh, buddy, I, I told you a bowl game hey. is, is, is I would take a six and six record this season. Y'all, y'all guys are looking real nervous we're over here. Like we're putting 70 guaranteed on whoever we play this Saturday and the following Saturday is going down. Like I was looking at JMU's schedule. It wouldn't yeah. surprise me if you guys didn't lose a game the rest of the season. Well, typically that's the expectation for us. Yeah. Like, if, I mean, you win double digit games almost every right. year anyways. For us, one to two losses is bad. Like you, you lose two losses. It's a bad season. Last year, I think we they had three losses. And got knocked out in the second round of the playoffs, and it was right. it was viewed as like a failure right. for that season because they weren't in the national championship. Absolutely, game. yeah, 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 yeah. And I I told you this when we walked in. Like aside from Oklahoma, it wouldn't surprise me if that was the best defensive line WVU sees all year. Mm, like JMU yeah. has two or three guys in oh, that yeah, front they, seven who are going to yeah. play on Sundays. Now I agree one hundred percent, man. They they do a good job in terms of their recruiting, in terms of getting some of the transfer players to come down as well. And they just they've built that program up a ton throughout the years, man. And it's one of those things that, you know, when they play to their potential, they can play with pretty much anybody out there. Yeah. And hey, I think it says a lot that WVU forced three turnovers in that game. Right. And 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 didn't have any turnovers themselves and still only won by seven points. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You your your dukes are gonna be just fine, nah. Arthur Motes. Don't you worry. Four one two, nine one nine, thirteen sixteen. Although, you know, you should have known when you're rolling into Morgantown with a pit quarterback. Oh, here when you're rolling you into go. Morgantown with a pit here reject. you go. Well, he, he was looking good, though. <laughs> he was. He played well. But, but the turnovers kill you. You can't be negative three <laughs> in the turnover battle on the road 
versus a, a, quote, a quote school, unquote yeah. Big Twelve school. Well, yeah. what you mean quote unquote? <laughs> Just because we're the redheaded stepchild of the conference and everybody hates us because we're not from Texas, so we're still a Big Twelve school. You know, you, you just can't do that. Three turnovers on the road—that that always kills Give you. Give me into the ACC one of these years, Motsi, would you please? <laughs> all right, so like all of our games aren't three thousand miles away. Oh man, yeah, that I still don't understand why y'all took that deal. Well, it was either that or we'd be playing in you know the AAC with UConn and. USF great, great job right taking now. that deal. Yeah, yeah thanks, Oliver. <laughs> when we come back, another hour to go. We're going to look a little bit around the league at a lot of the stuff happening with some free agents, some big trades, still some pretty substantial holdouts in the National Football League. Also, you know, it's Professor Moats Monday. Uh-oh. We will hear from the keen football eye of Arthur Moats on this Monday, hour. and we'll get to more of your reaction. 412-919-1316 and on Twitter at Wesley Euler and at TheBody52. TheBody. One hour in the books, hour two rolling along on a game week Monday. It's Euler and Motes on Steelers Nation Radio and ESPN Pittsburgh. Euler and Motes are on the air. This is the Steelers Blitz on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR, Steelers Nation Radio. A jam-packed first hour continues here on Game Week, Monday, September 2nd. Woo! And it is time. It's September. The weather's mm-hmm. getting a little bit colder. Talk about it. And we are staring down regular season football. Finally. Finally. We got a contract extension for Joe Hayden. Finally. We got a 53-man roster. Finally. We got a practice squad. Finally. We got 2019 captains. Finally. We got a podcast feed. Finally. If you missed that news, wow. we do have a podcast feed. Finally. Just search Steelers Blitz wherever you find your podcasts. You can also get it on Steelers.com. And all of last week is in there and starting, you know, starting today, going forward. Yeah, it's a, a question that I've gotten a few times. Is, do you guys podcast? Uh, yeah. You know, I'm working. I'm doing this during the show. You guys ever podcast anything? Well, now we're official, baby. Official, official. You can find us wherever you find your podcast. Again, just search Steelers Blitz. That's Blitz with a Z. Well. Zoltan. Okay. <laughs> or it's Latin. It is a Monday. And you know, Mozi. During the regular season, we're hoping yeah. that that usually means Victory Uh-oh. Mondays. Well, it better be. And we'll come in here like Johnny Drama on Entourage and Victory! Absolutely. Let him know. You know, particularly this coming Monday after the Steelers beat the Patriots for mm-hmm. the second year. Well, technically the third year in a row because we all know Jesse James caught it. But I digress. <sighs> Bring but Monday is always going to mean one thing throughout the regular season. And what will that regardless be? Regardless of results, it's always... And regardless if there's a Thursday night game or a Sunday or it a Monday night... It doesn't matter. It's always going to be a Professor Motes Monday. Class is always in session, Class is, you know, all of our friends in high school, all your friends from Mars and Moon that you made on Friday night. <laughs> shout out, and, shout out. And all of our college-age friends, you know, they might not have class today. They might be sleeping in. They might be hanging out at the pool. I don't know about the weather for the pool today, but they might not be going to class today. Right. But there's always the classroom here. It doesn't matter that it's Labor Day here. Professor Motes Monday. All right, Professor, what do you have for us this Monday, September the 2nd? So, class, we will talk about three things in class today. Number one, the 10 linebackers that were kept. Number two, Eli Rogers being gone and what does that mean? And number three. No injured reserve for Ola. Well, so, excuse me, Mr. Motes, real quick. Yes, sir. Sorry good, to sir. interrupt. Will this be on the quiz next week? 
Uh, it won't be on the quiz, but it will be on the exam. Okay. All right, so take notes. So when we talk about the 10 linebackers, how did they get to that decision? I think the injury element played a huge part when we talk about the outside linebacker room in particular. Ola Adani having a knee surgery. He's in that gray area of he's going to be back before you would want to IR him, but it's not going to be as fast as the opener. So we're looking at maybe a week, two, week, three, or even a week four. But that's still so much sooner than you put him on injury reserve. You got to wait till week eight, nine, ten. So that was the gray area that helped, that played a role in that. And then also Anthony Ciccolo. he missed the final two preseason games. We don't know what was going on with him, but that those two injuries right there played a key role in them keeping those ten linebackers. The next thing that played a role in that is the special teams element. When we talk about Tyler Matakatovich, Dirty Red, one of the best special teamers in the NFL, it's hard to part ways with that type of productivity. It's hard to say, you know what, let's go with this younger guy, Ulysses Gilbert, over Red, when we haven't seen Ulysses in an NFL stadium in a regular season game yet do it for 16 weeks. We haven't seen that yet. We've seen that with Tyler. We've seen it numerous years now. Mm-hmm. I think that element alone was the reason why he's here. I think that element alone is the reason why Danny Smith probably went in there and beat on the table for him and let him know that, hey, I need this guy. If you want us to be successful on special teams, I need him. That was the next thing. And the final thing to why we kept 10 linebackers, the preseason productivity. Man, Tazar Skipper, Ulysses Gilbert, they made it virtually impossible for those guys to be released because of what they were able to do this preseason. Tazar, the amount of sacks he had, the big-time plays, then he goes out and gets two tackles on special teams. Ulysses Gilbert flying around all on defense, got a blocked field goal, which Coach Tomlin holds extra weight on, especially I remember having a distinct conversation with him about Rosie Nix, the first time Rosie Nix blocked a punt in the preseason. That is major. So those are the three reasons why Tim Lambricks were kept not only – a combination of active and practice squad, but all active roster, 10 linebackers. 10 linebackers questions. kept Professor Motes. Okay, I don't questions. know if I have any questions. I just got to make sure, you know, I'm getting all this down. 10 mm-hmm. linebackers kept. Big reason why injuries. Ola Adani, Anthony Ciccolo, mm-hmm. Tyler Medikevich. Okay, I think I'm ready, Professor Motes. All right, you can cool. move on. Okay, second topic. Eli Rogers being released. What does that mean? I think it says a couple of things. The first thing is this. They are extremely comfortable with Ryan Switzer. Obviously, Ben has went out and publicly gave him the the stamp of approval. I think they're expecting big things from him to start the season and to lean on him similar to like you see with a Brady and Julian Edelman or before Julian Edelman when it was Wes Welker. I think that's what they're expecting to see from Switzer. I think that's what they're expecting in that room. The next element, though, is I think they believe that Deontay Johnson can contribute this season right away as well. I don't think that you walk into the the season with only five receivers if you don't have a certain level of confidence in Deontay Johnson because it just doesn't give you a lot of wiggle room when you look at how that roster is constructed, especially in the receivers element of it. And when you think about the other three receivers – Juju, Moncrief, and James Washington, those are all bigger-bodied receivers. So it's only one other guy that can fit the role of a Switzer if Switzer gets injured, if Switzer isn't producing. Where are you going with that? Deontay Johnson is that guy, especially since you did not keep Eli Rogers. Questions? Yes. 
There Professor Motes, I saw Eli Rogers has a tryout or had a tryout with the Dolphins yesterday. I can't. I know he was down there yesterday. The tryout might be today, but you think Eli Rogers gets nabbed up by somebody, or do you think there's a chance that he could still be around if the Steelers had a worst case scenario break in case of emergency type situation with injuries at the wide receiver position? I think that he gets nabbed up similar to how we just saw with Deontay Spencer getting picked up as well. I think that Eli. He has a unique set of skills in terms of his flexibility in the slot, his return ability in the punt game. I think the biggest thing for him is just make sure that he stays healthy. But I think he could definitely go be a contributor for the Miami Dolphins if they were to sign him. I'm still a little ticked off at the fact that he has to go try out for them, though. I think that his film should speak for itself. I think you saw him throughout the preseason as well. But... Eli's definitely a guy that I don't see him being around too much longer as far as availability goes. Okay, just one second here. Wide yeah, receiver. Put your notes down, man. Come on. Switzer, big year, expectations. Deontay mm-hmm. Johnson, mm-hmm. need to step up. Eli Rogers, XOXO, thanks for Christmas 2016. <laughs> All right, moving on. <laughs> All right. Now the last topic that we will discuss in class today. No injured reserve for Ola. What does that mean? Hmm. I hinted on it earlier, but it shows that, number one, they know he's going to come back sooner rather than later, which is huge because that bolsters the outside linebacker depth a lot. Right now, going into week one, we know that what you have Bud Dupree and TJ Watt who are healthy. You have Tazar Skipper who's healthy. But Tazar has never played in an NFL game before in an NFL regular season. He's going into an extremely hostile environment. Mm-hmm. With Anthony Chicolo, we don't know why he hadn't played those uh, the last two preseason games. There's been a lot of question marks around It's that a lot situation. of question marks. And it's not as if he hasn't dealt with injuries in the past. And, in fact, when you think about Bud and TJ, they've all three of those guys in some way, shape, or form have injury histories. So that's a lot of question marks around them. With Ola not being on IR, though, you have the flexibility and the reassurance that, okay, within the next two to four weeks, essentially, he's going to be back. And when he does come back, what is his role? I think he's able to step right in. And like I said, not only does he bolster that room, but he adds that, that, that special skill of pass rushing that we've seen him produce with, that we've seen from him, especially in the preseason games that he's played in thus far. He has a natural ability for that. And I think that was a huge move by the Steelers, not IR in him. And like I said, it just lets us know that he's going to be back very soon compared to the contrary if you put him on injured reserve. Okay, so Ola back soon. No IR good. IR would mean waiting till at least, what, week eight or nine? Yeah, eight or nine. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Okay. Uh, One other guy. I think that's it for the big three topic points of today, yes, correct? Yes. I don't I don't mean to interrupt, Professor. Mm-hmm. Uh, one guy I wanted to ask your opinion on before, you know, before we hear the class bell here in a few minutes uh, was Gerald Hawkins. I yes. uh, came in as a fourth-round draft pick a couple years ago, seen some good, seen some bad, dealt with some injuries, but it looks like he's moving on now. Yeah, so he was uh, traded to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He was, a, like you said, a former fourth-round pick of the 2016 draft. But uh, he goes to Tampa Bay along with the seventh-round pick for the 2021 draft. And the Steelers will be receiving the Bucks' sixth round 2021 pick as well. So you can see the connection right there between uh, Bruce Arians and good old Pittsburgh still mm. uh, still working out. But I like that. I like that move. I think that 
gives him much more of an opportunity. Without a doubt. But also, when we talk about this offseason, he was in the conversation along with Chooks Okorafor and Matt Filer that we're going to potentially be competing for that right tackle spot. I think that Matt did a good job of starting fast and handily securing that spot. And then obviously Chooks, with the the draft position that you selected him at, it's, it was far too much invested in him to potentially release him. Whereas with Hawkins, because he's missed a lot of time due to injuries. He's a year old, a year or two older. Yes. It was more so, okay, instead of just flat out releasing this guy, what can we get for him? And I would much rather him have that opportunity to go to Tampa if you're the Steelers, you're moving up from a six-round – I mean, from a seventh-round pick, you're getting a six-round pick in that draft now. So that helps you out a ton as well. And it's better than, like I said, just washing hands and not getting anything in return. Right. But then if you're Hawkins, when we Good talk about him. the Steelers' offensive line, how stacked it is and the depth associated with it. A lot of capable bodies in that room. Right. For the Steelers, they're, they're fine. But for Hawkins, now he gets a legitimate opportunity to make a case for himself, to potentially crack a starting lineup – especially down there in that in Tampa Bay with the offensive line that they have. So that's very beneficial for him. So that was the one thing that I thought was a good trade for all parties included. It's still only 25 years old, still young. Fourth-round pick of the Steelers in 2016. Uh, missed the 2018 season due to a injury to his knee. Uh, started Played in five regular season games and started one in 2017. So certainly, you know, again, a guy with a little bit of pedigree. It's not yeah. like – not like he was an undrafted guy yeah, or out of LSU. Left seventh uh, I think round it was his guy. junior year yep. out of LSU. So, yep. and again, yeah. still relatively young, twenty five years old, and yeah, it's it is. I mean, we've talked about this a lot. It's been one of the things that we've discussed many times on this show. The Steelers, in a lot of ways, especially if you compare them to the other thirty one teams around the league, particularly like twenty eight of those teams, they have an embarrassment of riches almost oh, no at the question. offensive line position. Uh, it is uh, we've said before. I think the Cowboys and the Eagles have offensive lines that are you know in the same discussion as being a very good unit like the Steelers. Right. There's some teams in the National Football League that <laughs> man, you talk about the Cardinals, you talk about the Browns. Uh, right. Like they don't have a guy that would get any playing time right. for the Steelers. Like they have their well, starting guys. I tell you, every time you say that with the Browns, man, I'm not gonna let you talk about okay, my Chris guy, Chris Hubbard. Well, he's a Munchak millionaire though, so right, he doesn't then. count. So cool. Just put some respect <laughs> on my guy, man. Come on, man. I'm just trying to knock Cleveland down a peg. Yeah. You know, all this all this love that Cleveland's been getting. Someone's gotta you're, you're knock right. him down a you're peg. Right. You're right. But I mean there are there are literally guys I think that start in the National Football League this year. Yeah, that would be practice squad guys for the Steelers. No, absolutely. I mean, legit, they wouldn't even get a helmet on game days. 100% agree with you on that. And so if you can give Hawkins a better opportunity to potentially prolong and, and carve out his role in the National Football League, and, you know, you can move up around to the draft as well, too. Good business, yeah? No, oh, absolutely, man. There was a lot of business taking place around the National Football League this Isn't weekend, Motsi. We've discussed a lot of it, a trade with the Steelers, a contract extension to Joe Hayden, uh, but a couple big names yeah. on the move. The uh, Houston Texans in particular doing We're a very lot. very active. A lot of moving and shaking. Uh, one of the best young pass rushers in the league on the move. One of the best young offensive linemen in the league on the move. A bunch of draft picks as well, too. We'll get into all this when we return, mm -hmm. as well as still some prominent holdouts. Yeah. We're only three days away from the start of the regular season. Only Absolutely. what now? Five days away from Sunday. It's still a lot of guys who uh, have some cloudy situations around their availability. Absolutely. Not only that, but it was some free agents that got signed as well. And some of the ripple effects 
of those players getting signed and how they affect the Steelers directly. We will get into all of that when we return. Take more of your reaction as well, too, at 412-919-1316 on Twitter, at Wesley Euler at TheBody52. TheBody. We'll be back. See Electric Factory. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. There's a lot going on in the National Football League. There's a lot going on with your Pittsburgh Steelers. It's week number one. It's no longer preseason. We have turned the nah, page. Preseason buddy. week four turns into week number one. It all starts Thursday night. Packers, Cowboys, NFL 100th season. And, of course, the real soup du jour. Uh-oh. The real entree of the weekend Uh-oh. is Steelers-Patriots Sunday night in prime time. And we're just breaking it all down here, having some fun. Arthur Motes want to look around the league a little bit at some of these trades. And uh, and there was a doozy uh. that took place in the NFL over the weekend, that's for sure. Uh, Jadavian Clowney, of course, a lot of uncertainty about his status with the Houston Texans all offseason. Was he signing an extension? Was he franchise tagged? Was he going to get traded? He was getting traded. Uh, Seattle was interested. Miami was interested. Philadelphia was interested. Well, it finally happened because, again, you know how these things are. Everything just gets close done to the deadline. Everyone's like, oh, it's week one. We better get this we done gotta, now. We got to do it. got to do it. <laughs> uh, so let's start with the Clowney trade specifically. Clowney for Jacob Martin and Barcavius Mingo, two linebackers for Seattle and a third-round pick. Um, Martin and Mingo are capable players. They're mm-hmm. B-level players in the National Football League. I mean, pedigree, too, when you think about Barcavis Mingle, sure. former first-rounder out of LSU. Sure. Like, I, I'm not – I don't want to make it seem like I'm poo-pooing those guys. And I do realize there's a lot of – like, whoever went out and traded for Jadavian Clowney was going to have to pay him and give him an extension. Correct. But I was still a little surprised that it was just two linebackers and a third-round pick to get this guy. Again, I know there's the whole contract situation there, and I know he's, I know he's not Khalil Mack. Right. But just last year, right, we saw Khalil Mack go for two first-round picks and sign the biggest contract Correct. ever. I, I, I was just a little surprised. I thought it would be a little bit more for Clowney. I personally wasn't. Okay. When we think about Khalil Mack, Khalil Mack is a generational player, a generational like talent. Like I said, he, I realize that Clowney is right. not Khalil with, Mack. With, with generational productivity, Clowney has been very up and down, and that is a direct correlation to why Houston didn't want to give him the deal that he was searching for. I think that Houston understood we need to move him. Otherwise, you run into the same situation that the Steelers ran into last year with Le'Veon, where you have this lingering over your head in terms of, is Jadavion ever going to sign the tag? Is he going to come back? What is he going to be like when he gets back? I think all those things factored into it. And if you're Seattle, I looked at it like this. You're not losing out because essentially if early in the offseason they had Frank Clark, who they they gave the franchise tag to. And then they recently traded him. So they had a hole in terms of their pass rushers anyways. So if you were going to franchise tag a pass rusher and pay them anyways, I would much rather pay Jadavion Clowney versus a Frank Clark. And it, and it is a one-year rental, but if things work out and they have success and say they do make a nice run into the playoffs, well, now Clowney is going to be a lot more likely to sign an extension there as well. Mm. So all of those things factored into that decision, I think, and that's why I think for both sides it was pretty fine because Houston, they're at least getting something versus 
if Kanye just sits yeah. and then just leaves, then you don't get anything in return. You lose a, a top talent that was homegrown for you. So that's kind of how I viewed that trade. Okay. Uh, okay, you made sense. makes sense to me. I got to think Russell Wilson's pretty excited about this trade, huh? Oh, absolutely. Pete Carroll pretty excited about this trade, huh? Absolutely. And if you're Jadavion Clowney, you're excited too because – I know people might say, well, why, what makes you think that he will sign long-term with Seattle when he didn't want to do it with Houston? It's a different level as a player. The team that drafts you, if they don't believe in you, if they don't want to give you the contract you want. Okay, I'll go get it then, somewhere else. Right, so you feel this disrespect, and you're saying, you know what, I wasn't going to play for that franchise tag in Houston because I thought I deserved the contract extension. You guys were where we started at. But if y'all don't want to do that, I'm going to go take my talents and show it somewhere else. So I will play for that tag in Seattle and prove to not only Seattle, but the rest of the league that I warrant the big contract extension. And I think that's his mentality as well. So yeah, he's going to have a big year this year. I have a feeling. I do too, man. And, and one of the things too, we saw when he was in Houston, it kind of took them a little while to figure him out, figure him out, decide how to use them, how they were going to deploy him. They asked him to do a bunch of different things before. I think they finally found his niche. Correct. I think Seattle is going to know that niche and they're going to put him in the most opportune situation from day one. Absolutely. And that Seahawks defense, right? It's already talented. Bobby Wagner behind you. You got KJ Wright, Who's had a hundred plus tackles four seasons. Like dude, (laughs) yeah, it's everything you need right there. Set up for him to be successful. And then to take it a step further, I mean, you look at that division, some of the offensive lines that he's going to be facing. <laughs> right. Looks kind of good for the man right he's now, gonna man. Be, he's going to be doing a little feasting a little bit. Absolutely. But, man, just staying with Houston right now, they were extremely active in the trade market. Not only did they have the big trade with Seattle, but then with the Tech, I mean, with the, the Miami Dolphins. Turned around another big deal. They, uh, they received Laramie Tunsil, Kenny Stills, a fourth-round pick and a sixth-round pick, and they gave up two first-round picks, a second-round pick, Johnson, uh, Johnson Batamose, who's a, a special teamers, big time in the league. And then um, Julian Davenport, who's an offensive lineman as well. So they were they were offloading and, and, and picking up some key, key players. Man, when you think about Laramie Tunsil, that's the franchise left tackle that Houston has been needing for years now. Mm-hmm. Ever since um, Dwayne Brown, if you think about it, man. So. For Laramie to come in now, that shows up your own line a ton. That protects Deshaun Watson, who's your franchise quarterback a ton. You bring in Kenny Stills, pairing him up with DeAndre Hopkins. And some of the other weapons Absolutely, they got in that, in that wide receiver group, too. Yeah, I. are you surprised? I'm not surprised that Houston's gone out and made these moves. Uh, you, they've, they've kind of always been an active team yeah, very in, in the trade market. Are you surprised? Uh, Laramie Tunsil and Kenny Stills, and there's some other factors to this too. They send Davenport to Miami, right. but two first rounders and a second rounder. That's a high price to pay. It's a franchise. The young left, left tackle. Tackle. Not 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 just a, a young left tackle. A franchise left tackle. The hardest position to find in all the NFL. He just turned 25 years old last month. Left tackles of this caliber get paid the big bucks. He's still under contract for two more years. That is a piece that shores up everything. When you think about the top left tackles in the game and what they do to offensive lines, he's in that conversation. So for me, I don't view it as, oh, that was so much to give up in terms of the two first round picks because you know for the, what, 
the next five, six years, barring injuries, at least, you're, you're at good. Least. Right. You're you're covered. You just turned 25 at the beginning of August. Absolutely, man. So that's why I'm like, even if you kept one of those first-round picks and tried to draft one of those guys, it's no guarantee you're going to hit it with true. a guy like that. That's true. And Whereas, even if you get drafted next to Laramie Tunsil, it might be another three years before he's really grown into right. being that good. Absolutely. So when you think about the Texans especially, I feel like they're in win-now mode. No doubt. And due to the situation in Indianapolis. I was going to say that probably gone, only. Right. If you're sitting there at that poker table as the Houston Texans, you're, you're, you're more willing to go all in when there's Absolutely. no Andrew Luck in Absolutely. your division anymore. Yeah. So for me, I'm like, I don't mind giving up those draft picks, knowing that I got a, a franchise left tackle and I bring in Kenny, Still, Kenny Stills, who is still very productive and more than capable, and you're partnering him up with a DeAndre Hopkins. So okay. now Kenny becomes your number two. Back-to-back six touchdown seasons for Kenny yeah. Stills. I, I, You know what surprises me maybe most about all this is not the, you know, these are some big names, some blockbuster-type trades that we don't see that often in the NFL. Mm-hmm. But this is all happening under an interim general manager in Houston <laughs> and Chris right. Olsen. Like, I, I've, I was so curious as to how that dynamic played out with them in the whole Jadavian Clowney situation. Right. And it plays out the tune of them making franchise-altering moves Absolutely. a week before the season starts. Two first-round picks, Jadavian Clowney on the way out, a second-round pick as well, too. And they bring in Laramie Tunsil, who I'm with you. I mean, geez, him and Taylor Luan, best two left tackles in the National Football Like, young Absolutely. left tackles yeah, young, in the National Football like, League right now. Because I'm like, you have Trent right Williams right. over in Washington. Right. You have um, uh, David Bakatari in, 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 in Green Ty- Bay is Tyron really Smith good. as well. Tyron Smith's really yeah, good. Yeah, but when you talk about the young, I think Laramie's the youngest out of all of those guys. I think so. And that's the thing that's so, so special about it. It's like, man, you got this young guy who – changes the trajectory yeah, he's three years younger than Luan right Jeez. so he and, and Luan's still young but that changes the trajectory of your offensive line and and especially when you just look at the numbers of how often Deshaun Watson was sacked and then the gross amount of times that he was hit you can't have your quarterback your franchise quarterback taking that many shots a guy who's had his own injury Injuries, history yeah. as well too so you make that trade you know he's protected now you know that you not only have this top franchise caliber offensive lineman, but you have him for years to come. That's a beautiful thing, man. So one of the teams and one of the NFL teams in Texas has finally kind of put to rest some of these lingering question marks and looks like they're moving forward. The other team in Texas, (laughs) they still got a lot of doubt, a lot of clouds, a lot of question marks heading into their first week of the season I'm, of course, talking about those Dallas Cowboys, mm. that Jerry Jones, mm. that blue star having team that we well, all love to hate so oof. much. Ezekiel Elliott, mm-hmm. it, the reports over the weekend, it's like every 20 minutes they were changing. Yeah. Okay, they're close. <laughs> no, they're not close. Well, now right. they're close. Well, they started fresh today, and they got close before they didn't get close. Right. And then Jerry Jones walked in, and he said that he liked Popeyes more than Chick-fil-A, and now right. they're not close again. <laughs> Do we see Ezekiel Elliott play on Sunday? I personally think we do. And it goes back to it's the the whining hour, right? They understand that we need to get this deal done because if this thing goes into the season, not only is it a distraction for all parties, but if you're the Cowboys, you know that Dak is going to struggle mightily without Zeke. We know that. It's been proven. There's no nothing mystical about it. We know that that's fact. 
So if you want to be a team that contends, a team that doesn't waste away this season, you need Zeke. You need him in the building. And I think that's why the Cowboys in particular, the front office side of it, reached back out and probably took a different approach versus the tune that you were hearing during the training camp. Oh, making jokes about the situation, talking about how they love Tony Pollard and this and that. And it's like, yeah, I'm sure you do love him. Right now. Right now, but when it's regular season time, you're not hearing none of that. You when want Zeke the out Giants there. you're playing the Giants at 4.30 on Sunday. Right, you want Zeke. You don't want Tony Pollard out there, period. <laughs> so when you think about that element of it, I think that's why things have heated back up. And I also think for uh, Zeke, he's also coming to the realization that wish your end game here. You set out this season, okay, but then you're in the exact same situation next season. And then – the more you sit out, that's going to have implications on your potential free agency because you're not getting the credit seasons that you need. And you're going to be missing game checks. Absolutely. So, And potentially getting fined because he's still under contract. It's he's, a, it's it's a not, lose-lose right. situation for both parties the longer this lingers. Absolutely. It's not like he didn't sign the franchise tag. He's still under his contract. So every day that he misses, the team, if they would like to, to really play hardball, could – Find him for that as well. Slap him on the wrist. Yeah. While he's not getting paid. Right. So I think for him, he definitely understands the urgency of, all right, let's get this deal done as well. But in in putting in context that he's not going to just take a crappy deal. Sure. But I think he understands that, hey, I do need to get this deal done. Otherwise, it's not going to be beneficial for me in the short or long term. It's an interesting week, man. I'm interested to see how this plays out. We got to talk about Melvin Gordon, too. Some other free agent moves. Still one yeah, more man. segment to react. 412-919-1316 at Wesley Euler at Dabody52. Dabody. On Twitter.com. When we come back, we'll wrap up some of this around the league discussion, talk about some some free agents, some waiver wire claims, some moving and shaking there as well, too. And Oh, we got some bets to share up on. Oh, here you go. Arthur Motes is going to do a little singing before we get out of here. And he had his first go-round, Arthur Motes did, at Fantasy Football. Yeah, man. This past weekend. I want to ask him how that was. You know, he's on the other side now, Arthur Motes. And Fantasy Football is one of those things <laughs> that's on the other side. I wonder where Ezekiel Elliott went in your draft. Oof. We'll talk about all of that <laughs> when we return. Again, one more segment if you want to react. 412-919-1316 on Twitter, at Wesley Euler, at TheBody52. We will wrap up the show and hear from music teacher, Professor Motes. Chill. <laughs> Before we get out of here, it's Euler Remotes, it's the Electric Factory, it's Steelers Blitz, and it's on ESPN Pittsburgh and your 24-7 home of the black and gold Steelers Nation Radio. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold SNR. About 10 minutes away from here, and Arthur Motes flex those golden pipes right Easy, here. Easy, big fella. Easy. Right here on Steelers Nation Radio. Listen, you know, as a professor, you got to you gotta wear multiple hats, and unfortunately, music class needs a teacher today. I don't even want to talk about it. 412-919-1316. On Twitter, at Wesley Euler, at TheBody52. TheBody. Also, in case you missed it, news. Mm-hmm. We got a podcast. Oh. Holla. Well can find it wherever you uh wherever you find your podcast apple google itunes spotify Whatever. sonos it's on there just 
search Steelers Blitz. That is how you will find us. We'll also get some links up here on Twitter for you good people as well, too. And another piece of some housekeeping Steelers-ish related news mm-hmm. that we should make sure we share. Heinz Ward. Yes. Has been hired full-time by the New York Jets. Reunited with uh, one Lev Bell. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. I don't know how much well, reuniting uh, there is there. But... <sighs> no, that's good to see for Hines. Uh, obviously started as a coaching intern there, right? And yes. has now been hired as part of the staff. So so good for him. That's awesome to see. You know, don't give him too much. Don't give him too much good info there, Hines. You know, Very true. Particularly, what, week 15 or 16, whatever yeah. it is? Yeah, we don't need those problems. Yeah, come on, Hines. Double agent yeah. for us on those days. Come on now. <laughs> but I think it's good for Hines, man. He's a guy who's uh, interned there. He's done some uh, some help throughout the training camp situations here in Pittsburgh for the past couple of years as well. And I know he was a guy who definitely wanted an opportunity. So for him to get his foot in the door officially now, is huge man i think it's only going to be the start of an amazing career for him as a coach because i mean we think about what he was able to accomplish on the field as a player that carries over that carries over and it's not even like he had just this special athletic ability either he was the guy who had to work extremely hard and from my experiences the guys who weren't as athletically gifted or athletically blessed with certain skill sets typically make the best coaches because they understand the minutia. They understand the detail that's associated with playing at these levels and being productive. So I think that's going to go a long way for those guys. It's 100%. I'm glad you said that, too. Like, I think Heinz Ward is the perfect type of guy to have as a coach, if that makes sense. Like, Mm -hmm. he had a lot of success in the National Football League. He had He's a guy with pedigree. He's a Super Bowl MVP. But, yeah, he didn't come into the league – you know, like Julio Jones as, right. as the next great one who is just a physical freak. Or even as a Calvin, Calvin Johnson. Johnson. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, and you, you alluded to it. It's those type of guys. A lot of times you've seen it. And there's certainly exceptions where guys that are talented freaks go on to be good coaches too. Very That's true. not what we're yes. saying. But a lot of the worst coaches we've ever seen and were extremely talented players. Wayne Gretzky is maybe the worst coach ever <laughs> in the history of professional sports ever. And and yeah. he's called the great one. Right. Uh, I mean, you, you've got the same thing in, in every sport. There's just examples upon examples of it. Yeah. And and I, I did like how you made sure to point that out, because I do think Heinz Ward's cut from that cloth of like could be a fantastic head coach. Absolutely. Or man. just, you know, positional coach, coordinator, wherever yeah. he, he ends up one day. Um, but it's it's good to see him see him get that opportunity for sure. Just, you know, again, help us out. Help us out at the end of the season there, and we'll call it even. Hey, man, you know, we'll, we'll call it as your heart bleed, baby. <laughs> yeah, cut open, cut open you know? Hines' skin. It's not green blood in nah, there. Nah, bruh. A <laughs> uh, couple guys that I wanted to ask you about here first before uh, we wrap things up, and I want to hear about your first ever fantasy football draft. And, of course, you know, we got some debts to pay here too. Ay, ay, ay. I want to know, Melvin Gordon. Is he the next Lev Bell? Is he going to play this year? Will we see him traded here in the next week or so? Or you think there's a chance that he could sit out the whole year? He could at least sit out the first few weeks of the season? What do you think is going to happen here with Melvin Gordon? I think a trade definitely becomes highly likely just because the Chargers have officially gave him the okay to search for a trade partner. I think the biggest thing is going to be what are the Chargers willing to allow him to leave for in terms of what type of draft picks, because that running back position in general, it has lost a lot of value. Now, granted, 
they're the new wave when you think about Lev Bell, when you think about Ezekiel Elliott, Ty Gurley, all that helps Melvin out. Melvin Gordon. Right, but yeah. the thing that is still hurting Melvin right now is his team feels as if they really do not need him, and that's due to Phillip Rivers' on-field productivity and the comments that he made. Then you factor in, if you're another team, are how much are you willing to give up for him when you look at the, what's it, uh, Jarek uh, McKinnon, I think it his name is, yes. San Fran, yes. who just got put on IR with a knee injury. Where you think about Ty Gurley, who last year at the end of the season had the knee issues and he didn't look nowhere near that potential again. So you have to ask yourself, if you're another team, what are you willing to, to give up to acquire a Melvin Gordon? These are all the things that are going to be happening. But I still see that trade happening before I see the Chargers giving him some type of extension that is going to make him, you know, happy enough to come back. I don't see that happening. Another running back that you weren't teammates with, but similar organization. Oh, yeah, I'm man. Sure we, we, we connected. Yes, indeed. A guy that don't ask me about him. See, I, I like him. I don't. I like him a lot. LaShawn McCoy, has he got anything left in the tank for the Kansas City Chiefs and re- reunited with his buddy Andy Reid? Without a doubt, I think this is a great move for uh, Shady. The situation in Buffalo that he was there for offensively was toxic. His best season was when he was there with Tyrod Taylor, and even then that offense wasn't a threat from a passing standpoint. I think when you look at last year with Josh Allen being a rookie, he struggled. He struggled mightily. The offensive line was very, very bad. And I think all of those things factored into him having a poor season last year, factored in with some of the injuries that he uh, sustained. But by him going to Kansas City, being reunited with Andy Reid, where he, I mean, it's clear he had some of his best years with him. Then you factor in he's with arguably one of the top young quarterbacks in the league in Patrick Mahomes. Just an offense that's got playmakers all over the place. Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey. They their O line is a lot better than Sammy the Bills O line. Sammy Watkins just across the board offensively, it's a better situation, and you know that Shady can still operate at an extremely high level in space and in the running game, and he's going to get both of those opportunities because you cannot pack the box versus Patrick Mahomes offense with Tyreek Hill out there with Travis Kelsey out there. So he's going to get numerous opportunities, and I think he walks in and is the day one starter since he's gotten there now. I don't think it's anything that keeps him from being the guy. Wouldn't surprise me. I picked him up in fantasy. And I was wow. just, wow, ha. look at that transition. Ha. That's just where I was going with this. I bet you he's still available out there in a lot of fantasy football leagues. He might be a good, might be a sneaky little yeah. free pick up there. I took him in with the 10th right around the time where the uh, they announced him signing his, uh, his contract with the Chiefs. I was like, well, you know what? Bam. Love it. It's funny. I drafted uh, Kenny Stills around the same time, right when it yeah. got announced. I was like, all right, he's going to have Watson throwing him the ball. Right. He's going to be flanked by, uh, by ha- um, DeAndre, uh, Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah. I was like, yep, I'm taking him right now, right now. Yeah. So I want to know, Arthur Moach, you had your first fantasy draft this past weekend. Uh-huh, uh-huh, your uh-huh. thoughts, your observations of the fantasy football lifestyle. Yeah. You got your first draft in the books. It welcome, was, it was fun, man. I appreciate it. It was a lot of fun. I felt like a little Kevin Colbert as I was on the clock. You know, we had a minute and 15 seconds. Some of my uh, opponents wanted it to have a little less time for the picks. But you know what? You got to take time when you're picking greatness. And that's kind of how I looked at it. But, man, you were probably one of those used the full two minutes for every single pick, didn't you? Well, I was close to that. Yeah. (laughs) Because you never know. I I had to talk to my my war room. You know, Kevin Colbert doesn't just – 
go in here and put a pick in 30 seconds into his pick. No, no, he waits a little bit while he's on the clock. Even if he already knows, he has to talk to the position coach. He has to talk to the scouts. He has to talk to the head coach. I had to go through my group, my 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 trusted, you know, my trusted colleagues in my yeah. war room to Your make advisors. sure I had the right pick. Yeah. But I think, man, my squad sounds like a winning squad with a, a beautiful Steeler flair to it as well. So, yeah, man. So you're, you're gonna be you're gonna be Arthur fantasy football moats this season. Yeah, man, I got my Steelers up there. Juju, Vance, Mister Chris. I believe in the Wizard Boz Boswell. Ooh. I, I got me some nostalgia from my my old school Buffalo. I swear, starters. I got the Bills defense. Shady McCoy, Devin Singletary was there running back up there. Now that Shady's gone, you know. Where did uh, Zeke go in your league? Do you remember? He went top five. Okay, he went That's top where, five. I think he went sixth in our league. Yeah. So, like, I was pegged to take him at two, but I still didn't want that situation on my hands because it still was before all these. Hey, it's looking like it's gonna get the deal done. So right. for me, I was like, I don't want to play that game, especially after Le'Veon situation. So I went Alvin Kamara. I felt like that was the safe That's bet right pick. there. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt, without a doubt. My first round pick in our fantasy draft we had this past weekend was Joe Mixon. Mm, okay, got yeah. him at the back end of the first round. I think he's going to have a big year. Yeah, particularly. Who are your, who are your receivers? Uh, Tyler Boyd. Okay, okay, held a pit. Yeah, you know I got Tyler Boyd. Um, I knew you love. Now Pitt. you put me on uh, Sammy Watkins. Okay. Um, trying to think, but yeah, those are my two starters: Tyler gotcha. Boyd and Sammy Watkins. I got a good running back group. I got yeah. Joe Mixon and James Conner. End of the oh, first round, beginning of the second yeah. round. Um. So yeah. So I I got Patrick Mahomes in the third round, okay. which I know it's maybe a little high to take a quarterback, yeah. but it's Mahomes are still sitting there. Yeah, you I, just, get I, was, I, was, I was too tempted to yeah. do it. See, so, for me, my receivers, I went Juju Smith Schuster. Yeah, you know, I had to one. keep keep it pit related. <laughs> Keenan Allen because of Pittsburgh what he Pittsburgh related, not pit related. Oh, excuse me. Had to go Keenan Allen because of what he did to us last year. Wasn't a fan of it, but I had to respect it. Josh Gordon. Now that he's officially back in New England, minus Gronk. Julian Edelman obviously having an injury. I think that he, he gets some numbers. Alshon Jeffrey in Philadelphia. Yeah, that's a good bench receiver to have. Yeah, absolutely, man. With a healthy Carson Wentz, I think that's going to be good. My running backs, Alvin Kamara, went Sony Michelle. Hmm. I think that, you know, he's going to be used a lot up there, especially, you know, in the passing game. So definitely like that. And obviously, like I said, I got Shady McCoy coming off the bench. Got Devin Singletary who's essentially taking on Shady's workload in Buffalo and in my quarterbacks. I got A.A. Ron. Aaron Rodgers, baby. It's a good one to have. Yeah, Big Ben was gone, so I, I was like, all right. I uh, got Jalen Samuels on my bench. I, I think he's going to be a real contributor this year. Yeah. I think he's got a chance to put up some fantasy points. He was one of my one of my late-round picks as kind of like a okay. – uh, kind of a sleeper guy yeah throughout the uh throughout the season we'll take fantasy football questions absolutely man you know we'll we'll keep tabs on what we got going yeah. on here maybe one we'll have to get an snr league going one of these Ooh. years that we can have maybe next year all the show you know tunch and wolf and yeah. matt and dale and you and i and we'll get kellen involved and we'll get crowley and tom absolutely. involved absolutely Lo loser some... has to shave their head and let arthur Moat sign his signature on it okay yeah how about that boom but we had a little bet from something that happened on saturday come on man we ain't got no time for that man oh, we Let's... still got three minutes here on, we we got plenty of time. On, we, we got Listen, other stuff to talk about. No, shy. pull the lyrics up. You're trying to shy, tuck your tail. After all Bro. week, you were talking about, oh, JMU opens with some some team, some Mountaineers. Listen, I either want you to apologize Never. or I want you to sing Country Roads. So which one is it? I will be singing. I don't apologize to nobody. Yeah, that's right. It's what you get for having that pit reject yeah. Ben DiNucci oh, try and roll man. into Morgantown. So real quick before Arthur Motes sings Country Roads. <laughs>
it was still a victory Monday for your boy. So just oh, let me get it off gosh. my chest. Victory! <laughs> All right, Kellen, hit the music. Oh, right. Let me find these lyrics. Jeez. Better hurry. <sighs> Almost heaven. Yeah. West Virginia. West Virginia. Blue Ridge Mountains. Blue Ridge Mountains. Oh, here we go. All right. Pick it up, Mozi. Uh-huh. You just do the chorus, all right? I got yeah. the verse for you. Blowing like a breeze. All right, here we go. Your roads take me home to the place <laughs> I belong. West, West Virginia. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> My whole mama. Take me home. Country roads. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a terrible song. Golly. Oh, oh that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Oh, man. I can't believe I just did that. Jeez. Now, what would have been the, would I have sung the alma mater, the fight song if JMU would have won? What would yeah, have been the pick? I'd have had you pick the fight song. I, yeah. I got to tell you, I think I said this on air in the first yeah. segment. I'm not sure, but I told you this off air. Your Dukes represented well. Yeah, man, I was proud of him, man, but the three turnovers, that's thats the biggest issue. And it'll get cleaned up. His first game, you know how that goes, yeah. man. Yeah, and like I told you, that gives me concern that we have we had a plus three turnover ratio and still had to get a defensive stop on the last series last of the series, game. yeah, man. <laughs> but I told you it was going to be close. No, absolutely, man. JMU, absolutely. JMU is going to win some football games this year yeah. without a doubt. And WVU, it's a bit of a rebuilding year. But we Maybe got some... we should do another bet, like, end of the season, who has the better record? That's going to be you, without a doubt. I already told you, we might only win four games. I just want to get some get back, dude. <laughs> we'll figure something out. Don't worry. We got, hey, we got to get that paper starting. Yeah. We'll, you'll have plenty of opportunity right, for some get right. back. Thanks to everybody who tuned in today, tweeted the show, called in. Big shout out to our guy, always, Kellen, for producing the program. Kellen's 1 0. I'm 1 0. Uh, don't ask Moats what his record is. All right. Okay. We will not be back tomorrow. Coach Tomlin will speak tomorrow at noon. So we'll be back with you on Wednesday at noon, same time, same place, where we will have uh, Best of the West Wednesday. Mm-hmm. And we'll be looking ahead to New England. That'll do it for today's show. And make sure you catch the podcast feed wherever you find them by searching Steelers Blitz. You have been listening to Steelers Blitz inside the Electric Factory on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio.